Hello everyone, this is your host Julie Ducre of the Julie Ducre Show. I got the sauce, blazing entertainment, music news, and hot topics. Let's get started. Comedian and actor Jon Stewart defended his good friend Dave Chappelle's SNL monologue, saying censorship doesn't end anti-Semitism. He recently appeared on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert Tuesday evening commenting on the comedian's recent SNL monologue, which Anti-Defamation League leadership criticized for popularizing anti-Semitic comments or sentiments. Everybody calls me like, you see Dave on SNL? And I say, yes, we're very good friends. I always watch and send nice texts, Stewart began. He normalized anti-Semitism with the monologue, he says. I don't know if you've been on comment sections on most news articles, but it's pretty normal. It's incredibly normal. But the one thing I will say is I don't believe that censorship and penalties are the way to end anti-Semitism or to gain understanding. I don't believe in that. It's the wrong way for us to approach it, he says. In Dave Chappelle's SNL monologue, he began the show with a lengthy 15-minute stand-up set cracking jokes about Kanye West's recent anti-Semitic remarks and his subsequent loss of numerous business partnerships. Both comedians Chappelle and Stewart, Stewart have been friends for many years. The pair co-starred in the 1998 comedy Half-Baked and performed shows together through the COVID-19 pandemic. Stewart was also present during Chappelle's Los Angeles show in May at which the comedian was attacked on stage. Dave said in the SNL monologue that I thought was uh, constructive, Stewart says, which he says, quote, it shouldn't be this hard to talk about things. He says, I'm called anti-Semitic because I'm against Israel's treatment of Palestinians. I'm called other things from other people based on other opinions that I have, but those shut down debate, whether it be comedy or discussion or anything else. If we don't have the wherewithal to meet each other with what's reality, then how do we move forward? He says, if we all just shut it down, then we retreat to our little corners of misinformation and it metastasizes. The whole point of all this, he says, is to not let it metastasize and to get it out in the air and talk about it. And I agree. Stewart's words also extended to the topic of Brooklyn Nets player Kyrie Irving, who's currently facing a team suspension after sharing a film featuring anti-Semitic content on his social media. John Stewart says, quote, this is a grown ass man. The idea that you would say to him, we're going to put you in a timeout. You have to sit in the corner and stare at the wall until you no longer believe that Jews control the international banking system. We will never gain any kind of understanding with each other, he says. Penalizing somebody for having a thought, I don't think is the way to change the minds or gain understanding, Stewart says. Stewart also brought up Kanye West's controversies during his appearance. He says, quote, Something Kanye said on his tour, he got interviewed by five different people because the media model is arson and conflict, he said. Hurt people hurt people, Stewart said. I'm afraid that the general tenor of conversation that this country has is cover it up, bury it, put it to the outskirts, and don't deal with it. Look at it from a black perspective, he says. It's a culture that feels that its wealth has been extracted by different groups. That's the feeling in that community, and if you don't understand, 
where it's coming from, then you can't deal with it, he says. And I think John Stewart makes a valid point. I want to share a little bit more information. Let's see if I can find that regarding John Stewart. John Stewart's family members are Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi, uh, who's a uh, Jewish immigrant to America from Poland, Ukraine, and Belarus. One of his grandfathers was born in Manshuli, now part of Inner Mongolia. He is the second of four sons and older brother to Lawrence and younger brothers Dan and Matthew. So let's talk about it. You cannot escape history. There has to be some type of honest and open dialogue. Uh, when I was growing up, slavery was not really talked about much uh, in American history. I didn't see it very much in any of the school books. So if you really did not learn about st- slavery growing up, no matter what your nationality is, and when you grow up and you start learning about history, you start learning about the civil rights movement and how the Jewish community were a huge part of the civil rights uh, movement, then you will get uh, you will get a different uh, perspective. And I want to share a little bit. I'm gonna go to my Google page, and we're gonna do a little bit of uh, American history uh, in terms of the civil rights movement. And we're gonna talk about if I can get my laptop to work. We're gonna talk about Cheney, Goodman and Schwerner. Cheney, Goodman, and Schwerner. The murders of Cheney, Goodman, and Schwerner. So let's get to it. The murders of Cheney, Goodman, and Schwerner, also known as the Freedom Summer Murders, the Mississippi Civil Rights Workers' Murders, or the Mississippi Burning Murders. In fact, they even made a movie called The Mississippi Burning, refers to events in which three activists were abducted and murdered in the city of Philadelphia, Mississippi in June of 1964 during the civil rights movement. The victims were James Cheney from Meridian, Mississippi and Andrew Goodman and Michael Schwerner from New York City. All three were associated with the Council of Federated Organizations known as COFO and as a member organization, the Congress of racial equality called CORE. They had been working with the Freedom Summer Campaign by attempting to register African Americans in Mississippi to vote. Since uh, since 1890 and through the turn of the century, Southern states had systematically disenfranchised most black voters by discrimination in voter registration and voting. Three men had traveled from Meridian to the community of Longdale to talk with congregation members at a black church that had been burned. The church had been a center of community organization. The trio was arrested following a traffic stop for speeding outside Philadelphia, Mississippi, escorted to the local jail and held for a number of hours. As the three left left town in their car, they were followed by law enforcement and others. Before leaving Neshoba County, their car was pulled over the three were abducted, driven to another location, and shot to death at close range. The bodies of the three men were taken to an earthen dam where they were buried. The disappearance of the three men 
was initially investigated as a missing persons case. The civil rights workers' burnt out car was found near a swamp three days after their disappearance. An extensive search of the area was conducted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, local and state authorities, and 400 United States Navy sailors. Their bodies were not discovered until two months later when the team received a tip. During the investigation, it emerged that members of the local White of Ku Klux Klan, the Neshoba County Sheriff's Office, and the Philadelphia Police Department were involved in the incident. The murder of the activists sparked national outrage and an extensive federal investigation filed as Mississippi Burning, My Burn, M-I-B-U-R-N, which later became the title of a 1988 film loosely based on the events. In 1967, after the state government refused to prosecute, the United States federal government charged 18 individuals with civil rights violations. Seven, only seven were convicted and received relatively minor sentences for their actions. Outraged over the activists' disappearances helped gain passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The trio were shot and murdered by the Ku Klux Klan because Cheney was African-American and Goodman and Schwerner were both Jewish. 41 years after the murders took place, one perpetrator, Edgar Ray Killen, was charged by the state of Mississippi for his part in the crimes. In 2005, he was convicted of three counts of manslaughter and was given a 60-year sentence. On June 20, 2016, federal and state authorities officially closed the case, ending the possibility of further prosecution. Kelleen died in prison in January 2018. If this is not enough for the African-American and black community and the Jewish community to come together, I just don't know what it is. And I must say, just important as the Holocaust, is important as slavery in the United States of America, which we're gonna kinda talk about. How long did slavery last in the colonies? Okay, so I wanna be exact. And I'm going to my laptop and I'm gonna talk about how long did slavery last. And slavery is something that you just cannot get over after 40 to 50 years of uh, freedom, okay? The history of slavery, um, slavery lasted about 400 years. Um, I, I don't know how many uh, Africans were murdered, but I'm sure there probably were millions because there's no actual account because these slave ships were coming from different parts of the world. And uh, if you watch Amistad, a lot of these slaves' bodies were uh, thrown over into the ocean after they died in the bottom of the ships and the stench was just so bad. So there's no actual counting of how many slaves actually died trying to reach the Americas the colonies, and there was no uh, counseling uh, after slavery, after the emancipation of slavery. There was no counseling, there was no PSD counseling, there was no reparation for the descendants of slave, slaves. And uh, a lot of uh, uh, Europeans who migrated to America after the Holocaust, um, even Asians were uh, provided uh, financial help, but a lot of uh, descendants of uh, slaves feel that 
their peoples were not appropriately uh, uh, provided any type of uh, uh, financial resources, no reparations, no mental health, just nothing. And what makes matters worse is that the government built uh, th uh, throughout most urban cities projects and these people were housed in small, small apartments, uh, usually one bedroom apartment, sometimes two bedrooms uh, with just one bathroom in a small area that comprised a kitchen and a living room. And uh, also we have to look at the Philadelphia Experiment and the MK Ultra. A lot of uh, descendants from uh, slavery uh, joined the military as a means of escape and to, you know, try to make uh, some kind of means to help take care of their families that they left behind. And uh, they suffered from MK Ultra, uh, and as well as Agent Orange, and certainly Vietnam. The Vietnam War did not help because a lot of people, uh, in fact, of uh, African Americans did not even want to go and fight um, in Vietnam because they're like, they felt they didn't, those Vietnam people didn't do anything to them. So it was a culmination of different things. And to not be able to talk about it, it's like this sword that's oozing, that uh, is covered up and it's, it's, it, the scabs are still there, the itching is still there, the oozing is still there. It's not being properly medicated, it's not allowed to air out and breathe. And it just gets worse and it turns into gangrene, perhaps cancerous, and then eventually parts of the person's um, uh, limb, it could be an arm, it could be a toe, it could be anything on their body, uh, deteriorates and has to be removed. So I want everybody to keep an open mind and to not just put everybody in the same uh, basket. If you have a problem with anybody of any nationality um, from different races, instead of just saying this specific race, be more specific and call out those individuals that you feel have harmed you or who have manipulated you or who have robbed you, who've stolen from you. You know, it's just not fair to, to, to use race, racist uh, sentiments, whether they're against black people or even against the uh, Jewish community. Did you know that you can leave a comment below if you're on Spotify or even listening on anchor.fm? Just scroll all the way to the bottom and it says leave a voice message. If you leave a good enough message, I might be inclined to reply back. Also, I'm asking everyone who's listening to my podcast to please donate. You can click on the link at the bottom that says please support this podcast. You can donate 99 cents a month or $4.99 a month or $9.99 per month. We appreciate you. It helps us grow. It helps us to upgrade our equipment so I, Julie Ducre, can bring you the best podcast. It's cold outside, guys. Unless you're in Africa, it is cold or even somewhere in Egypt is cold. Where I'm from, it's like 40 degrees. Until next time, be safe and always keep love in your heart.